What's up you guys? Today is Blackout Tuesday and we're having some important conversations with uh, producers, artists in our community. I'm gonna, I had one earlier with John Mike and now I'm gonna be having one with Marvin Mumford, who's a good friend. And we're gonna be just talking about what we're standing for today and uh, also what we do not stand for. And uh, I'm going I'm to ask some questions, and it's a time to just seek to understand and to listen and to uh, learn what we can. So waiting for Marvin to join here. And uh, Marvin, I see you're here. Just if you scroll up to the top, there should be a button that says request. And we'll talk soon. It's going to be good. Marvin, you there? I don't think I can pull you in. Let me restart this video and see if I can get him in there. Be right, be right back. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, it says it's not giving him a request button. There it is. What's up, Marvin? Here we go. Here comes Marvin Mumford. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? You made it in. <laughs> I made it in, man. Super thankful to have be on here, bro. Bro, those are some pretty killer glasses. You know, my wife makes sure that, you know, that, that she, she try to make sure that I, that I look all right when I walk out the door because I represent her other than this little straggly beard right there. She wants to make sure I, I represent her well when I'm out. What's up, John? Mike, how you doing, Dude. big bro? <laughs> that is so awesome, man. I like your hair, too. Yeah, again, well, my wife, man, she want to make sure I represent her well when I'm out. But you see the gray, right? You can see the gray in there. Yeah, I see it. I know. I see it. Bro. Thanks for, man, thanks for taking the time to uh, join us today. This is, um, this is an important day. And, uh, you know, Luke Kennedy is participating in this Blackout Tuesday. And instead of, though, like completely just like going silent and going to do something, we thought, you know, why don't we take action and actually like, let's, let's have conversation. Like, let's open up the conversation and talk and learn. Um, and I wanted to have you on here because you uh, you're just packed full of wisdom, and I know you're gonna like preach, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is good, man. I and I want to just like learn, you know, as like a white male, I can't like pretend to like fully understand all the dynamics that go into this, right? And and the and the and to understand the amount of pain and fear and just horrible situations that um people are facing and so i just want to like talk about that and i want to man would you just like even be open just to like sharing your story and like sure sure well, first of all, let's just start with a word of prayer, if that's okay with you, man. Yeah, bro. Father, yes. we thank you so much for your for this opportunity to just com converse, just to talk, uh, just two brothers just sharing our hearts with one another. 
and prayerfully what we share with one another, Lord, could be a blessing to your sons and your daughters who are listening, who are in need right now, who are hurting, who are in pain, who are frustrated, who are angry uh, on every side, God. And so we just pray for your clarity uh, and your understanding so that we, your sons and your daughters, could grow closer to you, grow closer to each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And I was super stoked when you hit me up to say, hey, Marvin, you know, uh, I want to I talk. Uh, let's get on live and, and just conversate a little bit about what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, and this is the beginnings of what needs to take place when we can have conversation, when those who don't look like each other, those who may not, you know, be in the same economic brackets, those who may not be in the same communities, those who may not listen to the same style of music or go to the same uh, preference of church or things of that nature. When we can engage in conversation one-on-one -on -one or in groups uh, with a, a, a open heart, this has probably been one of the biggest things for the Christian community. We have been so divided uh, just in general. So it's almost impossible for us to become united on such a big subject as injustices and, and, and all those other kind of things. Uh, so um, it, this is just a spillover uh, of where it is. And, and uh, in the book of uh, Mark, uh, and I always like to refer to the word, but I always like to refer to the word. In the book of Mark, uh, chapter 7, uh, verse 20, it says, And he said, What comes out of a man that defiles a man? From within, out of the heart of men, proceeds evil thoughts. And, 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 and that's the aspect of where we are. It's our heart, bro. You know, you called me because we have a relationship. Uh, and because you call me and we have a relationship, I know you and you know me. We may not know each other, you know, as, as, as best as pals, but we have a great relationship. And so right. with that, you felt comfortable enough to say, hey, Marvin, let's talk. You felt comfortable to call John Mark and say, hey, John Mark, let's talk. And those are the kind of conversations that we need to begin, because if you have a relationship with me, you will hear my heart and not take offense to what I have to say to you, just as well as when you say something to me, I won't take offense to you because I know your heart because I know you. And we have lost the aspect of relationship. We have lost the aspect of communication. We have lost the aspect of just one-on-one -on -one relationships. I do a seminar. It's called Tolerating and Embracing the Cultural Class of the Church. Mm -hmm. uh, and in that class, we, we talk about the, the, the differences of so many different cultures and why it has infiltrated the church and we utilize those same biases to keep away from one another, to keep our section together and things of that nature. And right now, um, with the COVID-19, uh, that pandemic, uh, and then now uh, the uh, injustices that we are seeing, and now the riots and the looting and things of that nature. And I want people to understand this right here. I really want people to understand this right here. You know, uh, as African-American leaders, as African-American citizens, as African-American men and women, we are not condoning rioting, looting, theft, uh, uh, burning down properties and things. We are not condoning that. And any kind of way are we condoning that. Uh, but on the other side of that, we do understand some of the frustration that has boiled over because when we have protests quietly, when we have protests by just marching, when we have protested with letters to our Senate and, and trying to get to the ballot box, it's been unheard. 
And then people say, well, you know, you should be doing it this way. You can't tell me how I need to tell you that you are unjust to me. You don't get that right to do that. That's impossible for you to say. There's a way for you to tell me that I'm doing you wrong. You don't get that right. Just like I don't get that right to tell you that you can't feel a certain way. I don't get that right. You know what I'm saying? And and because we don't have relationships, bro, um, therein lies a big chasm for someone to uh, label me or say something about me. And once I label you, then I take the humanistic aspect of who you are out of the equation. When I label you a crackhead, when I label you as a thug, when I label you as a hoodlum, when I label you as a gangster, you no longer become Marvin. You no longer become Matt. You no longer become John. You become uh, uh, an entity and a statistic. And so now I can handle you, talk about you, and mistreat you any kind of way. And this is not just Blacks. This is human uh, life. This is everybody. Um, right. And so this is the mm -hmm. aspect that we've gotten to in our society, bro, which is heartbreaking, which is um, unbelievable. You know, right now we are trying to legislate morality. I'm going to let that sit for y'all for a minute. We are trying to legislate morality. And nowhere in Scripture does it tell us to do that. But in scripture, it tells us as believers that we should be the bastion of hope. We should be the bastion of to declaring truth of the almighty God. We should be delivering the gospel and the gospel makes people free. It doesn't just set you free. It makes you free because setting somebody free means I could entangle you again. But when you are made free, that means that that situation can no longer entangle you again. And the scripture says it makes us free. Mm, wow. And that's because of our heart. Our heart has changed. The yeah. reason why people can say uh, uh, negative things, and, and, and hear me when I say this, and I'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of flack from a lot of my, my, my African-American brothers when I say this. The young man who decided to put his neck on George Floyd's neck, and I, and, I, and I don't know his name. I can't remember his name. Please forgive me. I'm not not saying his name because I don't want to say his name. I'm not saying his name because I just can't remember it right now. But the police officer that did that, he didn't wake up that morning and say, you know what? I'm going to kill me a black man today. He did not wake up that morning and say that. When he got in that situation, what happened was is that he felt that who he was and what he was was superior to someone else. And so he said, I'm going to prove to you that I have more control over you than you have over yourself. Derek wow. uh, Shelvin, that's his name. Appreciate that, John Mike. And so in that situation, because of his heart, he wanted to say, <clears throat> I need to let you know that I'm in control, that I'm superior. And in doing so, unfortunately, that young man lost his life. Why? Because my heart was bad. My heart, what was in my heart, I need to show you that I'm superior of you. Those who are out looting and robbing right now, they want to tell you, look at me. I want to let you know that you can't control me. I have more power than you do. So I'm going to do this to let you know who I am and what I am. It is a heart situation, bro. Mm -hmm. And until we can understand that, we're going to be lost. We're going to be so lost. And to my brothers and sisters who are not believers, see, this is the thing about it as well, um, Matt, is that um, we are looking at people who are doing things that are ungodly as if they should be doing the things we do because we are godly. Mm. They're sinners. They're non-believers. So why do I expect them to adhere to what I would do because they're not believers? 
Yeah, right. Why? Because we have tried to legislate morality. That's the aspect of it. And God is calling us as believers. We can no longer be silent. I, I am not silent uh, uh, and on this aspect, just as well as I'm not silent when I see two young brothers fighting in the street or someone has been killed in Chicago or Atlanta or New York. You know, over the, all of the holiday weekend, there were almost 20 people killed in Chicago. And I'm just as frustrated about that as well. I'm just as yeah. angry about that as well. I'm voicing my opinion about that just as well. But this is what our counterparts, those who, uh, please forgive me for saying this, but those who look like you say, what about all the black on black crime that's happening? No one is saying thing of anything about that. No, we are saying things about that, but it's not being publicized that we're saying things about that. And so you can't use that as excuse for you to stay silent about situations because someone else is not speaking up about something or you think they're not speaking up about something else. It is horrible all the way around, bro. It is horrible all the way around. And we as the body of Christ, we have to begin to open our mouths, bro. We have to begin to, to, begin to have conversation and we have to begin to stand together. It was through the church not the government. It was through the church that the civil rights movement began to explode. The church leaders, white and black, begin to come together and saying, this is not okay. And when right. they begin to voice their opinions, when they begin to, 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 to share in unity, then the government begins to say, okay, well, maybe we need to take notice of this and maybe we need to do something about this. And it's through the same thing that will happen. It is through the church but it's not just the, the white evangelicals. It's not just the, 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 the black churches. It's not just the Hispanic churches. It's the church. Yeah, man. I have, I have a shirt that I have. It says, be the church, because we have forgot what that looks like. We have gotten yeah. a lot of political power. And man, everybody's celebrating how much political power, we, but we've lost the power that God has innately decided in Acts 1. He says, I've given you power to be witnesses. <clears throat> we have lost that power to be a witness. But we've gained the political power. We've gained the social power. You know, we can be on TV and do all these kind of things, but we've lost that yeah. simple power, bro. Man, that's good. I, I'm, so I'm, I want to ask you, like, what is the biggest change that you'd like to see in the church because of all this? And before you answer, I, I want to read a scripture that I saw this morning from Amos 5.21. It says, I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions. This is the message version. Right. I want nothing to do with your religion projects, your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes, your public relations and image making. I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. When was the last time you actually sang to me? Do you know what I want? I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. And that's what I want. That's all I want. Man, <laughs> talk about like convicting right to like the scripture the speaks to every situation and, bro yeah man and how are we reacting in this moment and how are we handling it and how are churches who have leadership who have this call like they have a responsibility to a lot of people in their in their churches how are they handling the situation i'm curious like i would just what what would you want to see what's the biggest change you would want to see in the church to take from this um, moment uh, the biggest, the biggest takeaway that I want this to, to, for, for us as believers and, and our church, especially our church leaders, because uh, as a, as a leader, as a pastor, uh, 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 
we are held to a higher standard mm. uh, than just a, 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 a average believer. And I'm not saying that as if we have some superpower and we're better than anybody, but God has called us to, to, to share his word. And so there's another level that he is requiring of us uh, to stand and to be. And with that, um, we have failed because we have selective, we have a selective gospel. And, and it's about to get deep on you here. Some people yep. are really about to get mad with me right now. We Bring have it, a selective man. gospel. We have a gospel that we think um, as, our, as, our, as, our, <clears throat> as our, 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 our European brothers and sisters, that's this way. And then as African-Americans, there's a gospel this way. And then maybe as Hispanics, it's this way. Or as Asians, it's this way. It's not a unified gospel. It's a individual environmental gospel. What does my community look like? What does my upbringing look like? That's what my gospel view looks like. It's not just the gospel in and of itself. It's my view. I grew up in a suburban neighborhood with an all-white community. And everybody that goes to my church is all white. So when I look at the scriptures, I look through it through my, through my lens and not through the, the, the lens of the scripture. When I when I when I look at the scripture, I look at it living growing up in a in an in all black neighborhood, going to an all black high school, going to an all black college, uh, uh, working in, in in all black communities and things of that nature. And so I view the scripture in that manner instead of viewing the scripture first and seeing my life through that. That's the first thing we have to do. We have to see the gospel as the gospel and not some partisan gospel, not some, okay, it's only before, for the Republicans. And if you don't side with me as a Republican, you really not seeing the word properly, or it's only for the Democrats. And if you don't see it as the Democrats see it, then you're really not seeing the scripture. We are divided on this party line so much that we can't see God. God is not a Republican. He is not a Democrat. He is not a Libertarian. He is not a Tea Party. He is not anything but God. And we need to be siding right. with him on everything not just some things. There are so many pastors, it just frustrates me. Uh, I, was in, I was in a conversation with a pastor even this week, uh, and, and he felt it necessary to uh, tell me that I no longer need to attend his church as a worship leader because we disagreed about the things that were going on right now. He felt that I was besmirching his name by sharing truth. Uh, and, and what I was saying to him is that we cannot be so loud about the rioting, but be so quiet about the injustice that started the riot. We cannot right. be so loud about the things of, of just about abortion, but not be just as loud about the injustices and the incarceration of minorities <clears throat> and things of that nature. We can't do that. We can't yeah. be that, 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 that one sided because the scripture speaks of life. It doesn't yep. speak of just of just from the womb. It speaks of life because abortion happens when a kid is eight years old and he can't eat. Abortion happens when a, a young man is 16 years old and he is falsely accused of being somewhere and held of a crime. And now his life is taken because he's incarcerated. A life is aborted when a young man who decides that because I can't get a job in this way, I'll go out, rob, steal and kill. That's still abortion as well. It's not just in the, in the, in the clinics. And so we fail to do that because we are so partisan right now. And my heart breaks for that, bro. I'm telling you, my heart yeah. breaks for that because we can't be. I remember as a kid when I was growing up, man, you know, the, uh, uh, the mailman, the newsman, the insurance man, the police officer, they lived in your community. When they knocked either on your door when you were in the high rise buildings or came to your, your, your house or whatever it is, they knew you. When you went to grocery stores, they knew you. 
We don't know our politicians. We don't know our police officers. We don't know our councilmen. We don't know our pastors. We don't even have a relationship with our pastors. I'm thankful that I have a great relationship with my pastor. I'm thankful that I have a great relationship with pastors across the country. But many people who go to their church, they don't have a relationship with their pastor. So when the pastor stands up to proclaim something from the, from the stage, they're afraid to say anything to him because they don't have a relationship with the man. And until we get back to it, that's what drew me to Christianity. I was a former Muslim. And what drew me to Christianity was the relationship. Christ gives us a relationship. He came and he died for a relationship with me, a intimate relationship with me. And if we are no longer uh, uh, able to develop those relationships with him and one another, then we are sadly lost. We will be lost, my brother. And so those are just a few things. Secondly, we have to be able to stand with our brothers. If I am hurting and you are hurting, Hello, hello, how you doing? That's, that's, my, that's my male lady right there, how you doing? <laughs> it's my male lady right there. Uh, that's the thing about it, I know my male lady. When she comes, we make sure we go out and we speak and we share, we, 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 we engage, you know? I know my male lady who comes <laughs> to my house. That's important, you know? <laughs> that's so important. And those small things make a difference, bro. Um, we are, are, are no longer uh, championing truth. We're championing ideas. You know, I, even in Christian music, um, and uh, again, some of my counterparts in Christian music are going to get upset with me. You know, um, uh, can someone tell me when the last time they seen a tour with black artists and white artists? Hmm. I'll wait. I'll wait for a minute. When Elevation came out with the Elevation Worship Collective, with uh, Travis Green and Tasha, and Tasha Cobbs Leonard uh, and, and, and Israel Hope and all those kind of things. It changed the scope of everything. Because what that said was, is that the gospel is not just yours. Your music is not just yours. It is ours for the kingdom of God. And it changed the scope of some things. And so even the GMAs begin to look a little bit differently. Yeah. Now we're still going, we're still traveling, but it looks a little bit differently. So when will uh, those large artists, and I'm not going to name any names because I have some dear friends in there, but when will they get on here and say, you know what, I'm going to black out today too. I'm going to stand with you, my brothers, because I see you hurting. Uh, You know, my pastor is preaching this series uh, about, you know, um, our rights. And Paul talks about it in scripture, about his rights to be able to accept uh, monetary compensation for what he has been doing from the church, but he chooses not to. And right now in the United States, everybody's yelling about their rights. You know, my right to have this, my right to this freedom, my right to have this, my right. But we take our rights, even if it costs someone else. You know, we, we pick up those liberties, you know, even if, it, if it's that the detriment of somebody else. Yeah, and God right. has never called us to be that way in any kind of way. Uh, I'm sweating out here, so my, my glasses are fogging up because I, no, I I'll get, I'll get passionate, brother. You know I'll get passionate. Yeah, no, I love it, man. <laughs> so so our pastors have to begin to unite together. We have to begin unite. We have to become the church once more and again, and we have to be involved in the political process without the political process becoming our religion. I'm gonna give Whoa. you that and let that sit on your heart for a minute. Whoa. We God has called us as citizens of this world to be involved in every aspect. 
we are of this, we are in this world, but not of this world. So it, since I'm in this world, it's my duty to vote. It's my duty to be involved in the political process, but it's not my duty to let the political process become my God and my religion. And that what has and that has happened greatly in the church on both sides. Let me let me clear it up on both sides. <laughs> I talked to some of my black pastors. I'm like, bro, that post you just put up there uh, is is crazy. It's ludicrous. How does that line up <laughs> with the word? And then I put the same thing up on some of my white pastors. Like, bro, what you just said is ludicrous and outrageous, man. How is that founded in the word? And then we, this is what we do also. We have what we call the Dalmatian theory, where we can pick a scripture from here, pick a scripture from here to set up whatever it is that we want to talk about, set that up. Man, that's foolishness. Let's look at context. What does God say about this? What does God say about that? How does God look at all of us in this con in the concept, man? And uh, I am, let me, I'm not making any disparaging remarks about our president. Hear me when I say that. I'm not making any disparaging remarks. I pray for him just like I pray for every president that has ever been in his office. I pray for him and his administration just like I pray for everybody. But some of the things that have been said have also stoked the fires of what's happening in our communities. And the evangelical church only responds when he responds. They are not the, ver the, the voice first. They're only responding when he responds. And so you have the black, the, the black community, the African-American community who is frustrated by those words. And then you have our white community who champions every word that he says. No president, hear me when I tell you this, Instagram, hear me when I tell you, no president in history has been perfect. And there will never be a perfect. God never intended for us to have a president or a king. He never intended it. It was the desires of our heart that he gave us, it gave it over to us. He never designed it that way. So it was always be flawed. So when we as believers only champion the words of a, of a political party, we lose, bro, we lose. We assume that every black person is a Democrat or we assume that every white person is a Republican because they don't say anything or because a black person does say something, they got to be Democrat. They have to be so leftist. Because we put those labels on you. Once I label you, then you, you, I, I could discount anything that you say. Yeah, bro, <laughs> you're bringing it, man. It's good. I'm, I'm like here to like listen and learn. <laughs> man, this is so good. I now, think let, that. Let, um, let me ask you this question, Matt. For you, being who you are, and 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 the the corporation that you have that has that has transformed, <clears throat> you know, so many. Uh, musicians and worship leaders and churches lives you know for you how do you sit in this equation um and and and, and what if, if you could change anything what would it what would it be that you would like to change Ooh. i i know for me i was feeling very overwhelmed of like how can we change this you know on a on a national level and I'm like, and I was like, you know what, maybe I need to just stop worrying about how to fix it on an American America level and more focusing on the community that God has entrusted me with. And I think the churches and pastors need to be feeling that same thing of like, there's a local community that you've been entrusted with to, to talk, bring, start the conversation. And I think yeah. people are afraid to of saying things because they think they might say the wrong thing. You know, they're afraid of maybe saying something that's going to be offensive. Earlier I was talking to John Mike about how like, you know, people might be 
afraid of like is it black or is it african-american i don't want to offend <laughs> by saying one, one the wrong one right. so you don't say anything and right. i think that's a small example that i think though that gets magnified in a lot of ways and that's why the conversation's not happening i think it's a lot of areas um and so what i want is to be able to impact the community that god has entrusted me with which is loop community and like the 16 people watching this right now <laughs> live and uh and hopefully that all the people are going to rewatch this and start the conversation and i wanted to like when it comes down to worship my, man i really want to see the church not be just white church black church like i really want to see the church uh, yeah man the church and like I don't want to just see just like a church hire a black worship pastor to show that they're diverse. <laughs> I want to see a church. <laughs> I mean, that... Hold on. Let me raise my hand at that because I've been hired uh, and I've been communicated with and sought after in so many opportunities. Okay, man, you'll be our first, you know, a uh, black pastor. I went to this church one time, me and my boys, we were going to uh, do an event and there was a, uh, a, a, a white lady that was standing on the, on the front steps of the church as we were walking in. Uh, it's in rural Georgia. And as we're going, my boys are really young then, but my son Marvin, who is 20 now, I think he was maybe about 12. He was playing drums with me as we do. We travel as a family. And uh, we were getting ready to go into the church and, and, and a lady looks at me with a very stern look with her arms crossed. She says, you know, you're the very first black person to come to this church. And she says that to me. And, and my son, you know, my, my son, Miles, who was with me as well, he squeezes my hand. So at that time, he's probably about 10 maybe going on 11 and he squeezes my hand uh and i just smile at the lady i say well i hope i'm the very first welcomed black person at your church today and we proceed in and we're the only you know black family in the whole audience so we do the <clears throat> event it goes off incredible god just yeah. blesses immensely but the mentality of somebody thinking well you know you're the first person here i want to see what you're going to do see when i walk into a church uh that's um, all white or all black uh, or mixed. Uh, there are two different groups that are looking at me, uh, 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 Matt, which you probably don't, you, no, most white preachers never have to think about when they, when they stand in their pulpit or a black preacher when he stands in his pulpit. You never think about when, when I walk in, uh, they look at me two ways. Is he, is he black enough to represent my community hmm. for my African-American community? And then on the yeah. other side of it, is he too black to not represent and, and stand for what I stand for as a white American or as a white evangelical? Yeah. I have two different groups that I have to bring at ease when I stand to share the gospel or to sing a song. Two different groups. Wow. Yeah, right. And that pressure sits on me every <clears throat> time I stand. It's not yeah, one yeah. time that that pressure doesn't sit on me that I have to, but I understand that. And God has gifted me and my family to be able to walk in that, not with some kind of arrogancy, but because I rely on God's word, because I rely on God to do whatever he's going to do in whatever situation, God always shows up and shows out, not because of me, but because I relinquish who I am into him. I've been called a whole lot of things and a lot of things have been said to me on both sides of the coin, on an all white church, in an all black church, in a mixed church. There have been a lot of things said to me, about me uh, and against me, but that won't change what God is doing in me because I'm relying on this, bro. You know, I'm relying on this. You know, uh, there's a huge uproar right now because the president took a picture in front of, the, in front of a church <clears throat> with a Bible in his hand. 
Right. And I'm not, you know, that's, that's not, I'm, I'm not here neither nor there to say anything about that. But I will always stand with a Bible in my hand. That will always be my truth. And you will know the truth because that's the fruit of my life. It's not just something I'm taking a picture for. It's not just something that you will just see online. Anyone that knows me, they know that I live by the scripture. And yeah. that's it. That's it. And, and it's, it's, uh, 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 it's incumbent upon us, especially for, for, for young men like yourself who have a, a platform like this, who is willing to engage. And that's the great thing about it that I love about you, Matt, is that you're willing to engage, you're willing to listen. Whether we agree or we disagree, you're willing to listen. And then you're willing to, okay, maybe, I'm, maybe I need to change this. Or no, I don't want to change this. How about you think about this and we can change that? You know, those kind of things and that mindset is what has made America uh, the, uh, the, the, the country that it is. It's not this one-sided mindset uh, yeah. that we have. And until we get back to understanding that, um, yeah. we will always be in this cycle that we have right here. Matt Houston, how are you doing? As a worship leader, worship pastor at Calvary Chapel in Stone Mountain. What's up, Matt Houston? How you doing, bro? That's awesome. Yeah, man, I didn't want to just shut our platform down. I wanted to be like, no, let's, let's open it up. Let's use it for good. Yes. Like, let's yes. use it to actually yes. like really have conversations. You know, most, the majority of the churches who are on Loop Community are white evangelical large churches, right. worship leaders that look like me. Right. What, what would you want a white worship leader like me to know? I want them to know that I am not a frustrated, angry black man <clears throat> because I voice my opinion. I want them to know that I do, I do not have to be a leftist and some kind of communist pervert uh, if someone decides to be a Democrat. I want them to understand that uh, my heart, I want the same thing that you want. I want my family to be able to be safe. I want to be able to honor God. I want to be able to be productive in society. I want to be able to have a house and have a car and have a, a, a job that, and, and enjoy life just as well. I don't want to be looked at as just some angry black man because I'm voicing my opinion. I don't want them to think, oh, well, you know, uh, that's just over there. I saw this today. A friend of mine posted this, that uh, uh, um, a, uh, a large church over in, in, in the UK, a pastor says, you know, I don't want to get into this because I'm not in America. And it, although it's a, 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 a injustice situation, it has nothing to do with me. So I'm not going to voice my opinion. And when we say that, we give way to the continuance of injustice across the world. It was when the United States became, became, became very vocal about what was happening in South Africa that apartheid came down. It was when the United States and all of our voices became very vocal about what was happening in Russia, the walls came down. It was when America and our voices became frustrated about what was happening in Hong Kong where things were beginning to change across the country. And those are the same voices that we need to hear now. And again, it's not either or. It's not, okay, well, I will only say something when it's this way or I only say something when it's that way. It's both and. <clears throat> my voice is strong against abortion just as well as my voice is strong against police brutality. My voice is strong against uh, uh, poverty just as well as my, my, my voice is strong against socialism. My voice is strong on every aspect. And when the church stands up that way, when my white partners stand up just as well as my black partners stand up on all these events and situations, then the church will take back its power and then the world will see God 
exploding like it did before uh, when we had revival. Revival will only take place when a church begins to come become the church again and not just some political uh, puppeteer for everybody to misuse and mishandle whenever they want to every three to four years. God is sick of this foolishness, man. And we need to be sick of this foolishness as brothers and sisters of Christ. We have to. And so I say to my brothers and sisters who are at those large churches or at those small churches, who sits at you? Pastors ask me this all the time, man. You know, they first ask me, I get these three questions whenever I go to a church. They say, hey, man, hey, we would like to hire you, you know, to be our worship pastor or uh, the administrative pastor. I've held every pastoral position that you can have other than senior pastor and women's director. And I don't want neither the two of those. <laughs> but they ask yeah. me that, you know, we want you to be on staff with us. You know, we want you to help us, you know. And then they say, well, how can I make my church more diverse? And what in actuality, what they're saying is, how can I get more black people to come to my church? Mm-hmm. And then they ask me, you know, uh, how can I how, how can I get my music to sound like you? Like none of those things are going to happen until you genuinely sit down and think about who sits at my dinner table. And this is a part yeah. of that class that I teach, you know, uh, tolerating or embracing the cultural class of the church. Wow. You know, who sits wow. at your dinner table? When you take oh, your son to a baseball game, do you call uh, uh, Stephen and take his two white boys with you as well? Or do you only take uh, uh, Tyrone and his two little black boys? When you go to a, the movies, do you call Karen and invite her two Hispanic kids? Or do you only take Becky and their two little white kids? When you when, 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 when you sit down at your dinner table on a Thursday night, who sits at that table with you? Is it only whites? Is it only blacks? Is it only Hispanics? No. My kids have uncles who are Russian, who are Hispanic, who are white, who are black, who are Asian. You know, when they come to my house, it could, it's almost like, you know, uh, uh, the, the uh, all nations here. At any given time, somebody was out and they called me yeah. and my wife one my, somebody called me and my wife one day. Uh, we have some good friends of ours in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, the Fontaine yeah. family. Uh, and they, we love them dearly. And so they're family. My kids call them uncle and aunt. They're family, but they're white. Yeah. And so they came and got our kids and took our kids for the weekend. They took them to the state fair. And so one of my brothers called me and said, yo, man, yo, I just seen the, the excuse me for saying it, but I just seen some white people with your kids, man. You all right? What do you mean am I all right? They had thought something had happened to me and my wife and so somebody had yeah. rescued my kids or something. No, man, my kids have uncles and aunts. You know, they may not be blood, but they are blood to us uh, because yeah. they're just family, bro. And until we can get to that point, man, oh my gracious, brother, until we can get to that point, man. So that's the part of it, bro. You man, gotta develop yeah. relationships, bro. It is, it's a hard, it's, it really is a hard thing because when you think about it, hard. I feel like we try to solve so many things with a one hour service. Yeah. And we put the, we put together in these productions and like, and if it's not actually like in our, in our day-to-day life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's so much more time outside of the church building that we spend, but we try to like, let's just put on a program though that and and with that we need to be able to 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 give god our best when we pre- when we present in the in the church because there are many people who are not believers and those who are believers we need to be refreshed when we come to that service so i don't knock that at all hey man let's give the best production oh and and, and uh, pyrotechnics and you know swirling stages and all that kind of stuff. I'm not asking us to do all that kind of stuff, but sometimes yeah. we get to our churches and we just present the worst thing at all and expect people to come to know God. 
I don't want to know that guy <laughs> that you know, bro. Now nah, get out yeah. of here with that. Oh, that's funny. But in that, but yeah, also right. with that, that production only is for Sunday morning or Wednesday. It's not yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't put that same effort into my small group. I don't put that same effort into smaller groups where they're just one-on-ones. I don't put that same effort. I don't have my, my, my leaders investing their time to make sure that all these things are happening in the same way, man. And so yeah. until we get to that point, you know, that Sunday morning is that great production that we do, you know, in the, in the African-American church, Sunday morning, you got to put on your Sunday best for it. You know, yeah. that's it. That's it. You know, that's that's what it was, you know, for a long time. And, and, and again, I'm going to make some people mad with this right here. So just just be okay with this. I'm going to make some people mad with this, Matt. For the African-American community, for so long, we went through slavery. And the only time massa would not bother me is when I was in church. Now, when I came outside of those doors, he would snatch me off the steps and he would call me boy. He would call me the N-word. He would call me anything and everything. But as long as I was inside, he had a little bit of reverence for God. He waited for me to come out. Now, once I came out, he may have burned my building because he didn't want me to really know the true scripture of what God was. He didn't want me to understand that. And so, but when I was inside, I was bishop. I was pastor. I was Mother Johnson. I was somebody. I had an identity. I had a, a title. And many years later, for many of us, we have not forgotten that. And so that title as a bishop, that title as a pastor, that title as mother or somebody is, has, has, has blown our head up so well so nobody can say anything to us because we got this title. And that's foolishness. Whereas on the other side of the corn, <laughs> in our white churches, because they've always gone and they've always been able to go and church is just something that we do. I give my two or three dollars, my pence, and I'm, and I'm OK and I can go and smoke, drink, party and run to women and do whatever I can do as long as I drop back in on Sunday and say that I'm good. I'm a good Christian. You know, I don't have to adhere to what the scriptures really say as long as I can do something in the scripture. And even today, we do the same exact things. And so over history and over time, we have done the same exact things. It's just new characters. It's just new characters, bro. And so until we can get back to the word of God, and I'll scream and yell this until I die, until we get back to the full scripture and the full counsel of the word of God, we will be in these places, man. And so I just thank you, bro. Uh, that you have given me this opportunity. I'm for sure you'll give many more worship leaders the opportunity to voice their heart and their opinion. And understand this, because someone may disagree with what I've had to say today, doesn't mean that they're wrong. It just means that that's their opinion about what's going on today. And 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 I welcome that. Yeah. I don't want them to think that, you know, because they don't agree with me, that I'm upset with them. But on the other side of it, I don't want them to be upset with me because I have a view about how things are going as well. And that's where yeah. we are in the church. That's really where we are in the church. If you don't yeah. believe like I do and say what I say and act the way I say, then you are a demon. You, 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 we, we, gotta, we gotta talk about you and, and, and label you so that you don't count. Right. Man, well, we don't wanna be that. And we stand with you, bro. There's a lot of, there's people, there's, I mean, I see comments or people are saying things that are just not helpful, you know? <laughs> and it's like, not in this chat, but yeah. like just on the internet, yeah. like people are saying yeah. things that are just not, not helpful. And yeah. I think we just need to like quiet up and listen. But that's a hard thing, bro. That's a hard thing because we want to prove to one another that I'm so right. Mm -hmm. No one wants to hear truth. They want to hear their truth. You don't want yeah, to hear right. the truth. They want to hear right. their truth because the truth is in the middle. 
Okay, because you can say something here and then I can say something here. But all of that, the truth is in the middle of what you had to say and what I had. The truth is in the middle here. And so I tell people this all the time, man. You know, um, I'm a big advocate. Hey, little Malachi, this is my son, Malachi. Come here, buddy. Uh, this is my son, Malachi. This is my youngest one. He just had a birthday. Say hello. Hey, what's up? Happy birthday. <laughs> he just had a birthday. He's five, he just turned five years old. He got a drum set and a guitar, and he's oh, making more cool. noise than everybody else at my house here. Uh, cool. my, my wife is outnumbered. We have four boys. <laughs> uh, Another band member. Oh, man, I'm trying to tell you, man. And he loves it, man, and we love it, bro. Um, but this is what is happening, bro, is that um, we are so consumed with our truth we won't hear the truth. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying this for me. I am not just listening to Fox. I am not just listening to CNN. I am just not looking at Breitbart. I am not just listening to MSNBC. I am not just listening to just one entity to get news and information. Why? Because each one of those entities is bent towards its audience and its view. So I view everybody. I look at what everybody is saying, and then I research for myself. Yeah, That's the right. problem. We have failed to research for ourselves. We see it on YouTube or, or Twitter, and we immediately run with it. We see it on, on CNN or Fox, and we immediately run with it. It's the law. It's what it is. And, and then we find out later that may not, it may not be all those kind of things, or it may be those kind of things. And then we're looking all some kind of way because we just look at what, man, I'm trying to tell you, bro. Politicians, there are many politicians that are so corrupt, but we figured because it, he's with me, oh, he said one thing that I like, that he's better than everybody else. Man, get out of here, man. You can jump yeah. off a bridge with that, bro. I'm telling bro, you. Bro, I know exactly what you're saying. I when, I when I read the news, I, yeah, I pull up two tabs. I pull up like CNN, pull up Fox, and then just pray that God gives me the sermon on which, which ones. Uh, That's right. Because you know he what I mean? Give like, where's the middle? You got to right. see he both would, sides, man. He would give you December. This is my oldest son right here. This is my oldest son. This is Marvin II. Hey, uh, man. He just, just finished his first year at Berkeley uh, College of Music in Boston. Uh, we're super proud of him. Uh, and That's this awesome. is the next aspect of, 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 of why I'm so passionate. I have four young African-American men that I am raising, me and my wife. And whenever they go out of these doors, man, I have to think, God, will you, are you, will you protect them? Will they be accused of something that they are not doing or will they do something or get involved in something that is not what I have given them and taught them and be jammed up? God, will you protect my boys? You know, I, there's a certain way I have to, 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 to communicate my boys about when they encounter police officers or not just police officers, when they encounter anybody that does not look like us. Yeah. And then hold on. And then I have to teach them how to encounter people who do look like us who may be up to something no good. So there's two yeah. dichotomies that I have to work with with my boys when they walk out of these doors. It's not a either or, it's a both and, bro. And uh, and so that's, that's why I'm so, so passionate, bro. It is, and and it's not, you know, uh, my pastor was on a 95.9, uh, um, a 95.5 uh, conservative radio station just the other day. And he was saying, you know, when we talk about these situations, are we talk about it from a, a biblical standpoint a social standpoint uh, or economical standpoint, or uh, you, there's so many ways that you can look at every situation, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm going to throw this out here really quickly. And again, I'm, I, I'm, I'm here for all the smoke. Let me say it that way. I'm here for all the smoke for those who are upset with me and, and have something to say to me. Hey, Pastor Marvin, I'm on here in Mumford Music. I'm, I'm on here. I'm, I'm, I'm here for the smoke because I think God's word is, is prevalent. 
Um, what we have seen over the years is that systematically, um, we'll have a situation, it's exacerbated, we'll go into the rioting and looting and things of that situation, and, and, and many of those people don't look like me. Our properties are burned to the ground. Those business owners now, they won't go back to that same community, they'll get their insurance money and move somewhere else. They'll sell their property to an investor. An investor now comes in, buys up all that property, builds up some new condos, some brownstones, some high rises, takes the property tax that was you know, for pennies before, all the five to 10 times higher. Now the people in the community can no longer live in those properties, and now the community has changed. Yeah. And we're okay with that. And we fall prey to that. I'm like, man, yeah. can we hear, can we understand, you know, but it comes to, we don't say anything to our local legislation. We're not going to the PTA meetings. Don't tell me about uh, crime in schools and the schools aren't doing well if you're not going to the PTA meeting. Don't tell me anything about if you're not going to the city council meeting. I don't want to hear nothing about the president if you're not doing anything locally. I don't want to hear anything about the police department if you're not voicing your opinion with your community or your, uh, uh, your, your, your neighborhood watch. I walk my dog every day, two times a day, because I'm on neighborhood watch. I'm watching, I'm, I'm doing everything that's happening in my community. I want my community to be safe from anything and everything. Yeah, right. I'm involved, bro. So if you're not gonna get involved yeah. in every level of it, shut yeah. your mouth. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Don't start panicking and yelling now when something's big that's on news. Say something every day, be visible every day. And that's for everybody. That's not just blacks, that's not just whites, that's everybody. You have to be visible, giving your voice along with scripture every day on, on Facebook. And I know we got to go, bro, but on Facebook, there are so many pastors who post so many things politically, but you never hear them saying anything about God's word, about love, about God's word, about reconciliation, about God's word, about, you know, uh, uh, dealing with what we're dealing with in any kind of way. And even when we weren't dealing with this situation. Yeah, right. You know, you know, we were up in arms. We were up in arms about having to wear some masks. We were up in arms. The, the economy is yeah. in the pits right now. It yeah. is because we've yeah. never faced something like this COVID since what, 1919 or 1918 or something yeah, like that. Right. We haven't faced anything like this, bro. Right. But we're unsensitive to those kind of things. So we just spout what's in our heart. And what's in our heart yeah. is not the desires of Christ, bro. No, man. So I've got two questions for you before yes. we wrap up we've got like yes we've got maybe five minutes um, come on let's get it so one of the things that i've heard that i feel like is unhelpful is people saying um you know this rioting that's going on in the street looting the rioting burning buildings down like this isn't helping the cause like this is actually causing more problems more you know this is making this is if anything it's going to make things worse right what what do you say to that perspective or, or that like thought because I, I feel like people to, are kind of starting to lean into that. And now they're I, just kind of more upset about that. I say to that aspect of it is that, um, I, and I will always say that sin is sin. If something is illegal, if something is wrong, the scriptures tells us that sin is sin. There's no way I can't set it up to where it make it feel good and make it feel better. If you are looting, if you are robbing, if you are stealing, if you are destroying somebody's property, if you are burning something down, then you are wrong. You are, there's, there's no way around that, that's wrong. On the other side of that, 
if I have been raising my voice, if you have seen me on TV protesting quietly, if you have seen me on TV with my signs and saying this is not okay, if you have gotten my letters, if you have gotten my phone calls and you have not said anything and you have gone about business as it is, then you're just right. as wrong. See, this right. is the thing. We think the people that are in the streets are the bad guys, but there are so many looters and thieves uh, uh, and folks that are burning down communities that have on suits that are in the Senate, that are in the House. And they do it on a daily basis, but because they have a suit on and they have a, a title in front of their name, re representative somebody at such and such, they are advancing the, 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 the ideas and the ideologies of those who are paying them, their lobbyists that are dealing with them. And so they are just to blame as those who are in the streets. And so I say to them, we are, we are going to hold you accountable. We're yeah, going right. to hold the justice system accountable. It is not okay for a young man in, in plain broad daylight to die. And, and, and when you look at the video, and, and no one has said this about the video, when you look at that video, and I've, and, I've, and I've watched that video, I've watched it on television, I've watched it on my phone, I've watched it on my tablet, and I've blown the video up. And at certain times, you see uh, uh, that young man, uh, uh, Derek, I think his name is, he takes his knee and he begins to maneuver his knee a little bit more, puts his hand in his pocket, and he maneuvers his knee a little bit more, just to put a little bit more pressure on you. Just, just, yeah. And no one takes notice to it's, that. It's not even okay, I got my knee on you. No, 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 no. If you move, I'm going to exert a little bit more of that on you and let you know that you are horrible. not in control. And that has been systematically done for so many of so many minorities. <laughs> now, this is yeah. the thing. This pastor said this to me one time. Well, man, y'all should be happy. Y'all got all these kind of things. You got, you know, uh, 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 you got scholarships to go to school and, and you got the right to vote. And you've gotten, you've given these things around. as if to say, that I'm not okay with saying something is wrong. But then you can say something is wrong with the democratic process when, when your president is not voted in or when your, your, your views and your legislation is not done the way, then you can say something's wrong with the government, but I can't say something's wrong. If I say something wrong with the government, then I'm a, uh, I should go back to my country. You know, I'm anti-American, I'm not a patriot. This one pastor said this to me, man, and I got so frustrated. He said, man, I fought, you know, because he was in the military, I fought so that you have the right to disagree with me and talk the way you're talking, as if to say that I don't have the right to disagree with him. And so I challenged him. I said, wait a minute. My dad fought in Vietnam. He went to tour twice. He got hurt and he helped some people in his platoon. He got many medals. My dad fought for this country. But then when he came home, his uniform was spit on. He couldn't even get a job. So you can't tell me about this great America when I can tell you about the systematic things that's wrong with America and still be OK with this great country, America. I'm not, I, I'm, that doesn't make me angry. That means I think something's wrong. Just like you think yeah. something's wrong when things are going wrong, bro. So that's the process of it, Matt, when it, when it comes to that question right there, bro. The looting is wrong. But also what's wrong with the frustration behind that looting and things of that nature, man, is the aspect of us not being heard. I'm, I am so glad you're being heard right now. <laughs> man, I am glad I did not take the day off. <laughs> Well, I appreciate um, you sharing, bro. What's the second bro, question? I know we got to go. Well, I was going to ask if you could, if you would, if you would even be comfortable sharing a story of maybe a time where you have felt discrimination. Or, oh, man. Man, I mean, I'm sure you've. There are so got many. Some, there are so many. You know, I'm gonna because, give you. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a situation think, this way, man. I think stories help because I just think that sometimes people don't realize that this is still a thing. This is still a problem. Yeah. And I think stories help. I'm going to give you this scenario because most people would, would want me to go this way and I'm going to go the opposite way. 
um, I went to an uh, uh, all black church. And uh, as I'm getting ready to, uh, uh, and, 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 and as, I'm, as I'm getting ready to, hold on here, my son just pulled my thing. Here. Uh, as I'm getting ready to go and share and minister, uh, the pastor says to me, he says, hey man, I would that you would, hopefully is this gonna stay? Yeah, I would that you would uh, uh, not sing any of those white songs. And I looked at him, I say, well, I don't have any white songs. I have songs of the kingdom. And so if I can't sing songs of the kingdom, then we don't need to be here. He says, no, 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 I didn't mean it that way, man. But you know, my congregation, my congregation, I say, if your congregation is not kingdom minded, then this is not a congregation. This is a country club, an all black country club. Mm. He says, no, go ahead, go ahead. And so we went up there and we ministered the songs that we ministered about. We sing kingdom music, man, whether it's CCM, whether it's gospel, whatever it is, we sing all those types of songs all the way around. And yeah. and the people were blessed, not because I sang one style of music or it had to be catered in. I sang worship songs, songs that, that, that pull from our heart and, and communicate to God. That's another yeah. thing for us worship leaders. And, I, and I'm challenging worship leaders. We have stopped writing songs to God. We write songs about God. Me and my sons, we're working on a project right now. It's taking us a long time because you're independent artists. You got to pay for everything yourself. We're working on a project right now of kingdom music where we're writing songs to God, not just about God. We're not just writing songs about what God did yeah. for me or what he has to do for me in order for me to love him and show my you know, appreciation or all these kind of things in that nature. Hey, I want to write songs to God. I want to talk yeah. to you, God. Marvin, bro, thank you so much for taking this time, man, to, to share your heart. And I so appreciate you and just what you're doing, man. You are, you are making a huge impact and difference. Thank you. Hey, man, I appreciate you. And you are doing the same, brother. In, in, in your small way, you are impacting lives of many. And, and for everybody that's listening, never think that you can't impact the world by just doing your part. Uh, because your part yeah. is a part of the puzzle. puzzle and that puzzle right. begins to add up with more pieces. So thank you. Thank you, right. John, John, Mark, John Mike uh, 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 and Luke Gospel and what you guys are doing, man. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys, man. Keep doing yeah, what man. you're doing, man. And God will be blessed and honored by what we do. Thanks, man. Love you, bro. We're with you. Love you too, man. Appreciate See you. See you soon, man. Yeah, bye. Peace. Take care, bye.